Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to episode 359 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for Ozempic updates, berberine, and keto. Today we're going to talk about some of the recent news about Ozempic and some new revelations of scary and just weird side effects. We'll also be covering why keto is absolutely in all ways superior to Ozempic for long-term sustainable results and also about why berberine has been touted as nature's Ozempic and talking about whether or not that might be true. Yes. So we're going to unpack all of the details from digging back into the mechanism of action of this medication and how that impacts the physiology of the body. We're going to be talking about weight loss results when applied with a sustainable approach to changes in your macros or using ketones as fuel, what ketosis is again to some level, and talking about how this can be a sustainable way to whole body health rather than interfering with a natural process in the body that can drive pancreatic dysfunction, diarrhea, delayed gastric emptying, and like you said, all sorts of random creepy stuff, like even a flat butt. No one wants that. Flat butt, ozempic face, all kinds of things. (laughs) Okay, so before we get into today's episode, just as a friendly reminder, in just one week plus, we are going to be doing our next live round of our 12-week Food as Medicine Ketosis class. So if you're listening to this episode and you're saying, you know what, I am ready to jump in to try keto, or I've tried keto and it hadn't worked before, or I got really good results with y'all a couple years ago and I need a refresh, this program is for you. It is six live hour plus classes, so probably about an hour and 15 minutes to an hour and a half each. They are taught at noon Central Standard on Wednesdays every other week with Becky and myself. And what's really unique about our live classes is that we layer in functional medicine topics into the ketogenic diet. So we cover in the first class things like insulin resistance and cardiometabolic health and the influence of fasting and what type of fasting is appropriate for you, as well as helping you determine which protocol is going to work best. And we walk you through our customized calculator to determine what macros are best for your body as a starting point. We have protocols for you if you're dealing with a new autoimmune condition or gut dysfunction. We have unique protocols if you're dealing with adrenal fatigue and hormone imbalance. We have unique protocols for you if you're looking for dynamic weight loss or if you're looking for even weight gain and muscle retention. We have been doing this for over 15 years and trust me, we've seen it all and we can't wait to lead you to success and to help you troubleshoot results for sustainable outcomes that can make you feel back in your own body, amazing and in control once again. So if summer got the best of you, this is perfect timing. We're starting right after Labor Day on September 6th within our program for just $290 
$99. You're going to experience our six live classes. You're going to get a whole gamut of customized interactive worksheets that you can continue to layer in as you go through the six classes. This comprises over 20 plus different handout materials. You're going to be able to get direct interaction from Becky and myself in the Slack group. And then there are also savings on supplements as well as labs for active live participants. So that in itself, if you're considering the MRT test or the Labrix neurohormone panel, the savings that you're going to get in labs, and then also having Becky and my guidance of where's the best place to start for you is going to be the best bang for your buck to make sure that you're feeling fabulous this fall. You also get both of our eBooks, Eat Fat, Get Skinny, and our ketogenic kickstart eBook, which goes through the science and strategy of food as medicine ketosis. So Becky, let's just read a couple testimonials before we jump into today's topic on Ozempic updates uh, from what people have experienced from our keto class, just as a friendly reminder of real results. Uh, again, if you would like to grab a spot, go on over to AllieMillerRD.com under our virtual programs and grab a spot in our live ketosis class, just $299. Can't wait to see you there. This one's called Clear Thinking and Experiencing Food Freedom. I thoroughly enjoyed the ketosis class. I feel wonderful and wish I would have done this sooner. I've lost weight, inches, improved my energy levels, and have experienced improvement in my mental clarity. I view food differently now and have eliminated cravings. I learned how to change recipes to still taste great, but reduce or eliminate the sugar and carb content and have for the first time ever been able to take my kids for ice cream without white knuckling the cravings or feeling out of control. Love that. Amazing. And this one's empowered and approachable. The course was great and I feel really empowered. I appreciated the practical attitude about eating and the realistic approach, i.e. there's a good chance you'll fall off the wagon at some point, but don't allow that to derail you mentally or otherwise. I really appreciate what Allie shared, the science and empirical evidence for her program, even though it was challenging. I really appreciated the support of the Slack group and knowing that I could get questions answered quickly by Allie and Becky throughout that forum. Love it. Yeah, so awesome. So we would love to take you and your body and health to the next level with our 12-week Food as Medicine Ketosis program. Again, go on over to AllieMillerRD.com and click on the live keto class for just $2.99. You can snag a spot, hang out with us for three months. And I love, as that last testimonial said, as we're taking you through the holiday season, you know, there might be bumps in the road, but you'll have that structure and consistency to get results even through some of the sometimes <laughs> most difficult months of the year. But I think that's why we really like to have that accountability set up for y'all. Yes, totally. I hope to see you guys there. Awesome. All right. Let's have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Peak State Coffee. Yes. So Peak State Coffee provides coffee that is not acidic, is tested for mold and contaminants, and is going to be supportive in the world of aiding your HPA access or your stress response in your body. Because because each serving of Peak State Coffee has 500 milligrams of lion's mane, reishi, and chaga. These are adaptogens that help to offset that fight or flight signal in the body or the jitters that some of you may be getting from a standard cup of coffee. So you can sip your coffee, still get that nootropic brain enhancing effect, but actually double down on the synergy of these adaptogens that can also calm your body's stress response. 
I find that when I personally sip peak state that I don't get that nervous system spike. I don't feel it in my hands like I will otherwise if I'm sipping cold brew or just like a black coffee. Um, and I really love the taste. A lot of the adaptogenic coffee products out there uh, really taste like muddy water um, or have a weird mouth feel and really lose that natural whole bean flavor. And what I love about Peak State is that they provide awesome canned products of their cold brew, but they also have whole bean products where they use that adaptogen blend that's applied after the roasting process. So it still retains all of the medicinal compounds of that lion's mane, reishi, and chaga very supportive for the neurological system, very supportive to support, again, that stress access so that we're not throwing off hormones or cortisol in our adrenals, and a great way to get more cognitive enhancement. So if you want to start your day off on the right foot in a non-toxic way that is actually tonifying for your brain and whole body health, check out peakstatecoffee.com. That's P-E-A-K-S-T-A-T-E-C-O-F-F-E-E.com slash Allie Miller RD. When you use Allie Miller RD at checkout, you're going to get 20% off and you'll get free shipping on two bags or more. Again, that's peakstatecoffee.com slash Allie Miller RD. Use Allie Miller RD at checkout. Okay, so we just covered Ozempic not too long ago in episode 323, but already since then, there are some big updates in terms of the side effects that I want to cover today. So in particular, all over the headline this past couple weeks, we've seen this report of stomach paralysis or Mm -hmm. gastroparesis. Um, I pulled an article specifically from the New York Post, and I thought we could just kind of riff and comment on this first. Yeah, yeah. So just a little back step on the function of Ozempic or what kind of drug it is. This is a GLP-1 antagonist. And um, these drugs that that work on the GLP-1 pathway were were intentioned as diabetic drugs. Um, The idea was to regulate the insulin response in the body. Uh, So the Ozempic is going to mimic this natural GLP-1 compound, which is going to slow down the passage of food through the stomach and create satiety. Um, And so it has pancreatic mechanisms. And in our episode, you know, back half a year plus ago, we talked about uh, pancreatitis and then refractory glucose issues where then the pancreas has issues with regulating the glucagon and insulin response. Um, So those are kind of the preliminary. When you miss with this feedback um, of the glucagon-like peptidide one pathway, you know, we're going to probably see some stuff going on in the pancreas. But most recently, what we've been seeing due to that delayed gastric emptying is actually concerns of gastroparesis. Um, the The New York Post article talked about how people are saying that they wish, in quotes, they had never touched this medication. Um, and that these semi-glutide medications can actually interfere with stomach emptying and can drive more stomach paralysis than was initially seen. In fact, they did an emptying test and I think that they saw what after four days, yeah, four days old food in the stomachs from an endoscopy scan. Um, and so they took a scope all the way down to the stomach and they saw four days old food, which is very un- unusual because generally less than 10% of the food consumed is left in the stomach for even hours after 
you know, a meal. So this was days after a meal, not hours, which right. is quite concerning on how that's going to work. Bacterial status, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, septicemia, which can drive whole body infection. And then of course, what nutrients are we absorbing at that level of delayed emptying? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So 10% normally left four hours after a, a meal. That's a really big, distinct difference. Um, no wonder people don't feel like eating and, and thus lose weight. Um, and then, you know, other GI symptoms detailed in this particular article were burps that smelled like sulfur. Mm-hmm. Um, that's again, an indication something's wrong. Maybe there is that over fermentation mm-hmm. of that food that's left in the stomach. And then we get into risk of, like you said, things like SIBO too. Yes. Um, bouts of vomiting so severe that it landed people in the hospital, including some of those who had already been off the drug for months before they got, you know, this inexplicable symptom. Yes. There was one patient that actually had to get a gastric bypass surgery to actually physiologically shift the size of the stomach pouch to try to kind of re-provoke function because there was so much paresis. So she had to have actual bypass surgery to allow her to eat foods that she was otherwise throwing up because there was so much stagnation going on otherwise in that stomach pouch. And like you said, Becky, when we're getting those sulfur burps, that means that there's absolutely more fermentation because the gastro paresis means that that para um that paralysis the um peristalsis yes thank you that peristalsis the pumping the involuntary pumping of our system or moving food um, mechanistically is too low and so one thing for sure if you're taking Wegovy or ozempic or any of these semi-glutide medications would be to ensure that you're taking digestate to actually get a higher abundance of the enzymes, the chemical compounds that help to break down your foods to support that passing into the intestines versus sitting stagnant. Yes, totally. Um, And even in the clinical trials of Wegovy in particular, 44% of people taking the drug reported nausea, almost one in four reported vomiting. For Ozempic, it was one in five reporting nausea and one in 10 reporting vomiting. So pretty high percentage in those trials. No doubt. Uh, But there's no warning of gastroparesis on the labels of the drugs. And I think they're going to have to change that. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Also, some interesting stuff in this article, there were um, also people sharing accounts of having very realistic celebrity dreams while on Ozempic. Um, (laughs) I don't know that you can say this is a reported side effect, but um, robbing a museum with J-Lo and Ben Affleck or um, (laughs) carrying The Rock's baby and then blending their families. Um, So just maybe some weird... (laughs) dreams um as a purported side effect huh interesting and i don't know if i can connect a mechanism of action to that uh but the flattened pancake butt we can uh we've also heard that individuals have seen a pancake like butt flattening effect from the use of ozempic uh, or these classifications of drugs and we did talk a little bit in the episode you know more than a half a year back about how there is a lot of muscle wasting Mm -hmm. Um, and so we think of you know the the glute 
gluteus maximus as a quite a large muscle. Um, we've even seen on facial areas of concern, whether there's some neurological, like as far as like the nerve function in the face and that's being lost or loss of turgidity because of muscle structure, uh, but people needing more fillers sure. because of, of some of that physiological loss of muscle mass, which is really concerning because we know more than the aesthetics and the look that obviously your heart is a very powerful, important right. muscle. Um, we know that actually seeing loss of muscle mass overall can drive higher risk of overall cause of mortality or death. Yep. So we're seeing those like premature kind of aging signs. And yes, you might, you know, look good in your clothes, but then your face is sagging. You've got no butt anymore. Um, And as I was researching for this episode, all I could come across for those two side effects were plastic surgeons that are then jumping on the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have a zempic face. Here you go. I've got an ozempic facelift or I've got yes. the perfect dermal fillers or, hey, we need to do a Brazilian butt lift, lift and then it just kind of, you know, brings you into that world of, of cosmetic surgery. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Um, and then another headline um, that I came across was ozempic users spark spike in ER visits, shocking new side effects. So one of these reported side effects was blurred vision. Yes. In fact, we saw that it was an individual that was prescribed Ozempic to help to manage her type 2 diabetes. And after just three injections of the drug, started to have blurred vision. Um, She notes it was as dynamic of like throwing a switch, couldn't read street signs, lights had halos, night vision was completely gone, uh, no longer could drive at night. And it was noted that there are probably more people out there with vision problems, but unfortunately they're not being correlated with it to Ozempics. This is a new reported uncommon in air quotes side effect among users that is coming out with the more frequency and the larger scale of users. Um, and there, it was unclear of whether this is any way connected to diabetics who experience diabetic retinopathy, um, which is essentially an eye condition that would cause vision loss and blindness in individuals that have diabetes due to the nerves getting destroyed by elevated sugars. But this wasn't noted that this individual had uh, dysglycemia or uncontrolled sugars. You know, um, as a type 2 diabetic, she may have had controlled blood sugars and it was really a drug side effect. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And especially within like three injections. Super concerning. Yes. Um, And then you mentioned the pancreatitis and um, another other big reported side effect has been gallbladder issues, actually. And we often do see this um, when individuals lose weight very yes. rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes they do have to actually have their gallbladders out. And it's kind of one of those, if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. Uh, and so this is less common actually with a food as medicine ketosis approach to deal with a cholecystectomy or gallbladder removal or gallstone formation. We generally see that with like a dynamic low fat diet and weight loss. And so with Ozempic, if the individuals are just not hungry and they're not eating enough, they're not going to stimulate that bile flow. And so that's where they can get that stagnation and can definitely have concerns in the gallbladder. And then again, the fact that the drug hits the pancreas as its mechanism of action is where we get risk factors for pancreatitis. So actual inflammation of the gland itself. We can also see, like I said, imbalance in insulin and in glucagon, the main hormone made by the pancreas and this would be seen especially with withdrawal or stopping the injections Um, we can see for individuals that um, have seen unfavorable lab changes in high triglycerides and even pancreatic cancer 
super concerning. Um, And then in 323, we also talked about more of the known side effects at that time, which include, like I said, nausea, vomiting, pancreatitis, kidney failure, thyroid cancer has been a big one that's been reported as well. Uh, And, you know, just from the um, Waco V insert, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, constipation, stomach or abdominal pain, headache, fatigue, dyspepsia or indigestion, dizziness, abdominal distension, belching, hypoglycemia in type 2 diabetes patients, flatulence, gastroenteritis or an intestinal infection, GERD and um, reflux, and so much more. So really unfavorable symptoms just all around why would you want to do that to yourself? Yes. And since we had this episode, it's especially concerning that this classification of drugs has been approved to treat child obesity. Uh, So any uh, child starting with the age of 12 has been already approved to use this medication. And what's really interesting, as uh, Becky and I have shared coming out with our new book that's geared towards more healthy households and families this dynamic of right now, you know, culturally we're being told, oh, well, supporting a low carb diet for children or any form of diet, we don't, we don't want to promote dieting for kids. Um, and yet when we look at the rate of child obesity, which is only skyrocketing, and we're looking at how we had to rebrand, you know, type two diabetes from what was called adult onset diabetes, because now there are children getting diagnosed, of course, with this, um, lifestyle and diet influenced disease state that it goes back to that question of, you know, again, structure, foundation, and priming the household with metabolic flexibility and having the food freedom because your body is able to metabolize glucose and use ketones as fuel, that that ultimately sets you up for success to not only prevent a gamut of side effects and disease states, but also ever to have to consider making yourself susceptible to the side effects of these medications, you know? And then of course that idea that you lose the freedom because you have to stay a forever patient because it's really getting off of these drugs that have quite refractory, almost just as severe of side effects as being on the drugs in the first place. Right. And can you imagine that for a 12 year old, it's like you're setting them up for a lifetime of dependency on pharma and you know, who is, who is to um, who's to line their pockets with that, right? You have to kind of think what we're doing there. Um, and we did that whole episode responding to those recommendations about childhood obesity. Ooh, let's um, link I that forget too. the episode number, but I will link that in today's show notes. Um, when we were talking about some of the discussion that the American Academy of Pediatrics was putting out where yes. diet and exercise were kind of poo-pooed and it was like weight loss drugs here you go you know and starting surgery yep, even and as a consideration yep, yep and and really again impacting their long-term health really scary absolutely so when we look at up-to-date studies we'll link this one that was published in the lancet this looks at at least 10 percent of patients experiencing 
these symptoms. And some of these percentages go up into 34% or greater. But we're talking again about nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, constipation. Uh, We're talking about nasopharyngitis. We're talking about upper respiratory tract infections. And especially as we're going into cold flu viral season, not something that you want yourself to be susceptible for. And the safety area of interest over 64% was in the area of gastrointestinal disorders. Pretty significant. Um, and then, you know, our, our friend, um, Metabolic Mike, Mike Mutzel, had posted and called our attention to this ad that said, Ozempic isn't lazy, it's healthcare. And it's like healthcare with all of these so not worth it side effects, right? Um, and I think we're just seeing the head of it, right? I mm-hmm. think there's going to be more issues down the line now that this has become very popular and buzzworthy, the longer people are on the drug and the more that it's getting sought after and prescribed. Yes. And again, the world, the word healthcare so misleading because there is not care for the patient right? and there is not health as an outcome. Right. Uh, you know, these symptoms are what we're seeing as the physiological effects of the injectable, but then like we're seeing in the visuals of the face and, and the butt, again, there's underlying deficiency. There's underlying issues on metabolic health. And I think we will also come to see in the studies uh, because of the nutrient deficiency and the individuals being malnourished, essentially, we're going to see a lot of mental health side effects coming down the pipeline as well. I would say for sure. If not already, right? Yes. Um, So yeah, we've recapped a little bit here on what Ozempic does. Let's talk about maybe some alternatives um, to Ozempic. Yeah. So again, you know, the semi-glutide, which is this population of drugs, is a GLP-1 receptor antagonist, and that stands for glucagon-like peptide 1. And so this has a direct mechanism on satiety and on our blood sugar levels. There is multiple actions on our GLP-1 pathways, and this plays a role on our beta cell growth, which our beta cells are in the pancreas, uh, also protecting against beta cell apoptosis, reducing glucagon secretion, and so that's made by our alpha cells of our pancreas, and the glucagon is the hormone that has oppositional effects to our insulin. So glucagon tells the body that glucose is gone, that's how I remembered it, mm-hmm. uh, and so that that creates gluconeogenesis or the liver to dump glucose into the bloodstream. And the beta cells of the pancreas are what makes the insulin. And the insulin is released in theory at times of glucose spikes. So opposite effect. And the insulin's job is to help to facilitate bringing glucose into the cells to bring the blood sugar back to a homeostasis or optimal regulatory level. Um, And so when someone's eating, generally speaking, the GLP-1 sends a signal to the brain to say, I'm full. Um, So food has been received and the body is going to make GLP-1 to naturally signal satiety. Um, The gut is going to secrete this hormone and target the receptors throughout the body, and the brain will be a component of the body that gets targeted. And this is where we get that, like, um, I think also I'd compare this to a keto high with leptin. So a couple episodes back, we talked about 
leptin resistance. Um, so we can link that as well. And when leptin is optimized is going to be a similar experience of when GLP-1 levels are optimized, where it's kind of like that mom that did our keto class that said, hey, I got to take my kids for ice cream and not white knuckle the experience. It's like this true food freedom where you can actually use food to fuel you versus feeling like you're a victim of addiction with food. Um, and so getting this satiety signal, I think, is one of the biggest kind of revs of why this drug has become so popular mm-hmm. because there's people that are chronic dieters that were never able to get that satiety signaling. Now, I would say, again, those individuals need to go back and listen to our leptin episode because there's a lot you can do. And what's really cool is that some of the mechanisms that support leptin also support this GLP-1 response in the body. And you can get a two for one when you work with a natural compound. Whereas when you work with just a semaglutide, you're only hitting that GLP-1 and you might actually be drawing too low of leptin levels or leptin dysfunction in just use of something like Ozempic. Yep. Um, and yeah, especially if you've had a lifetime of, of dieting or things haven't worked for you, I think that episode is a really key one to go back and kind of reflect on and, mm-hmm. and pull some pieces from. Um, and it's no surprise we're going to always suggest keto over Ozempic. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's maybe discuss some of the mechanisms of why we love keto and, and how we can see similar results without those serious health ramifications. Yeah. I mean, so first off, we're not messing with your organs. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the first thing. So we're not stressing your pancreas with a drug in a food as medicine approach to keto. And we're not messing with your gastric emptying with a food as medicine keto, but we still are going to support optimal pancreatic function. So on your gland of your pancreas, we're going to regulate your insulin and glucagon based on your eating patterns, based on your fasting, based on your um, mastering of your carb control and getting best macros. Um, We're also going to get that leptin regulation and that quote unquote keto high, which will give you that food freedom without interfering with gastric emptying. So you will not have undigested foods sitting stagnant in your body when you do our food is medicine keto approach. And I think that in itself and taking out the pancreatic cancer risk and pancreatitis is a huge impact to start with. Yes. And in fact, your digestion likely is going to improve. That's one of the you know, big side effects, um, that we see of our food as medicine ketosis program. And a reason that some people come into it, you know, to begin with, especially if they're dealing with bloating, distension, mm-hmm. bowel irregularity related to dysbiosis, for example. Yeah. And, and as I mentioned in our opening on our program, we have classes that layer functional medicine into our food as medicine keto approach. So we actually right away in class two, start talking about leaky gut and uh, inflammatory food response and foods that actually nourish and support your gut integrity, preventing food sensitivity. We talk in class four about dysbiosis and SIBO, and we talk you through how to do a probiotic challenge and check where your microbiome is at. So, you know, like you said, Becky, we're enhancing the digestive function versus having the side effects of nausea, abdominal pain, fatigue, headaches, uh, sulfurous uh, burps, and um, digestive distress. So no 
side effects Mm -hmm. of keto would be a huge selling point, right? Yes. Um, I would say for sure we'd have to touch on the cost. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you pulled the actual financial cost in today's notes, Um, but I know that we talked about that in the original episode. Um, And each injectable is quite pricey. I mean, we're talking, I think, at least a thousand bucks, if not fifteen hundred dollars per month or per injection. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. So again, you're getting an unexpected, an inexpensive, sustainable lifestyle shift that can layer a foundation to the way that you pr- approach food for the rest of your life. <laughs> with our twelve week food as medicine ketosis program at two hundred ninety nine dollars, uh, less than a single weekly injectable. Um, and this will again lay that three months of integration to have that foundation to change your whole household. Uh, so that speaks for itself. Um, I would say in the role of blood sugar metabolism, we know that keto is really the only way that you can technically reverse diabetes. So this drug is used as an injectable for type two diabetics, but also if just used for weight loss, we often see individuals have more blood sugar stress post use of drug or during the time of drug use versus without. Um, and so we can definitely see, like I said, that pancreatic impact having refractory glucose spikes, but we know using a keto approach, you can lower your A1C by 1.3% on average. Um, we've seen in studies, uh, the, the Virtua health, uh, studies, which looked at improved insulin resistance that was measured. Uh, we saw 12% loss of body weight over the year. Um, we saw individuals, uh, obesity reduced from 46% to 20% and an average of 26 pounds of weight loss in a year. Um, and this was in the journal of diabetes therapy, um, back from 2018. And we'll link that study in the show notes. I would say those numbers would be, you know, the 26 pounds would be comparable to the effects that we're seeing, you know, with Ozempic. Yes, it might take a little bit more time, but it's also more sustainable. And again, comes with those other improvements in your lab values and biomarkers and health outcomes. Yeah. And I think with it taking a little bit more time, it means also that the weight that you're losing is more sustainable and that you're getting that muscle sparing effect. Yes. And I think that itself speaks, you know, beyond the pounds on the scale because your muscle mass, remember, is what sets your basal metabolic rate. And that's what keeps you metabolically active and helps to keep the weight loss more quote unquote permanent, right? We can't say permanent results, but we can say sustainable results. And so when you're doing a quality approach to nutritional ketosis, you're getting this emphasis on using fat as fuel. And when done correctly, your body will metabolize its own deep freeze reserves or body fat reserves to produce ketones. And also when we're making ketones, there is an influence on our HGH or our human growth hormone, which actually supports muscle muscle sparing. So this will actually maybe enhance, maybe you'll get a Brazilian butt lift with our 12 week (laughs) food is medicine keto program. If you're doing some exercise in addition to that and some squats, uh, you're definitely not going to get that flat pancake effect and you're not going to get muscle wasting. So that's huge, especially when individuals are guiding you in keto to meet your protein needs and levering your fat appropriately. Yes. And then, you know, we do see appetite regulation and and the satiety piece for sure in a natural way to actually increase that level of GLP-1 with eating a ketogenic diet without the, you know, mechanisms that are slowing down your digestion and causing satiety in that way. 
Yes. And then we know what's really cool about ketones is that, is that they cross the blood-brain barrier. So just like those GLP-1 injectables still impact the brain, again, I still think down the line we're going to see some mental health concerns as side effects. What we know about nutritional ketosis is that ketones are gabernogenic. So they actually can reduce anxiety, so help with a sense of calm and mental stability. We've seen nutritional ketosis in research from manic depressive disorder to schizophrenia and beyond. And we know that some of that mechanism in which ketones offset epilepsy or seizure activity in the body have the same calming effects on just a day-to-day function and can also even enhance cognition. So you saw in some of the testimonials, clearer thoughts, improved brain function. We know that ketones beyond supporting that GABA reduce the oxidative stress in the brain. So it's a cleaner burning fuel. This is why the ketogenic diet is really touted in the world of neurological conditions, anything from MS to Parkinson's disease, to cancer and beyond, um, cooling that brain inflammation and then aiding in that calm, anxiolytic response, I think are two really superior mechanisms of keto over those injectable medications. And then those anti-inflammatory effects actually can extend beyond the brain to the whole body. We see reduction in C-reactive protein. We see a removal of, you know, pro-inflammatory foods, generally speaking, when we're doing a food as medicine ketosis yes. diet approach. So often we'll see less aching in the joints all of a sudden as just a pleasant side effect, right? Yeah. We've even seen with ketosis that we can have an improvement in BDNF or brain-derived neurotrophic factor. And to take it next level, as you saw, or as we talked about, a side effect of respiratory infection with use of right. these semi-glutide mm-hmm. medications, we actually know on the later end that keto can enhance your immune system. So we can link that episode of the podcast as well, where we went into an hour all about the mechanisms of how nutritional ketosis, when done with our food as medicine approach, is the best way to protect your body from any viral infection because it actually can improve your antioxidant status, offset that oxidative stress response, support your T cell and B cell. So that's that immune memory response, regulate white blood cell activity, and so much more. Yes. Okay. So there's so, so much there of why we love keto as an approach instead of Ozempic. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about berberine, which I feel like is a dial up on your keto or something that you could kind of yeah. layer in, um, especially if you're looking for, you know, more weight loss, or if you do have, you know, a history of diabetes or pre-diabetes. Um, I saw an article that was called what to know about berberine, the supplement dubbed nature's Ozempic on ABC news. And I was like, Oh, they're talking <laughs> about berberine. And then I remembered it was mainstream media and basically the, um, conclusion, (laughs) exactly. The conclusion was that, um, you should probably stop taking berberine and you should also stop taking like all supplements. Um, so (laughs) it really wasn't, um, something that I could get on board with. Um, yeah, I was happy to see berberine buzzed about, and there's a lot of articles actually like Uh this where it's like, you're not saying anything. Really. Yeah. There was a doctor quoted Jamie Kane. It looks like, um, out of, uh, the Northwell health center for weight management. And she, she says one of the poll quotes is, um, 
Almost always, I tell people to stop taking them, Kane said, of supplements, and berberine would be no exception to that. <laughs> so she's like, it's not a pharmaceutical drug. And what happens with doctors mm-hmm. is, unfortunately, they take their ego and they don't acknowledge their ignorance. And they just, if they don't know about it, they'll tell you not to do it. They, right. It's very rare that they'll say, oh, let me look at this peer-reviewed, double-blind, randomized clinical trial showing that berberine actually has the same efficacy as metformin right. when done in a double-blind placebo controlled right. study. Uh, and so if, you know, if someone could talk biochem and physiology to these physicians, I'd love to write this Dr. Kane a, a letter on the mechanisms of berberine and, and understand why she would tell people to stop taking it. Um, because it's known to be safer. It's known to have as much effects as blood sugar regulation as metformin, which is, you know, that main first class of diabetic drugs, uh, yet without the GI side effects and has had favorable lipid response that we haven't seen out of metformin. So we've seen when individuals use berberine that we see regulated LDL count and we see an improved HDL. So a little bit of a favorable cardiovascular protection as well. Yes. Um, so yeah, we would disagree with that conclusion of just don't take any supplements and yeah, it would be one thing to say, I don't know, but it's probably safe. So, right. you know, it's not going to hurt you <laughs> at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, a, a good layer, it probably isn't comparable and, and it hasn't been studied as such, you know, in comparison to Ozempic, you know, in this time of Ozempic, um, you know, being so buzzworthy, but it probably isn't going to on its own yield that much weight loss, but we have seen studies where it does yield a moderate amount of weight loss compared to placebo. Yes. And again, I think especially calling out that it has been shown in studies to be comparable to the other oral, you know, glucose lowering medication, Mm -hmm. metformin. So I think that, you know, maybe down the line there will be a comparable study, but we do know that berberine is going to impact the body, um, supporting the efficiency of the mitochondria. Um, So these are the energy factories in our cells. Uh, We know that berberine plays a role in our AMPK pathway, which supports in our muscles the improvement of insulin response, so better insulin sensitivity. Um, we also see that is that berberine functions as an oral hypoglycemic or an overall blood sugar lowering agent. Uh, it has its own gamut of antioxidants and anti-inflammatory phyto compounds, which are also supportive in the body to reduce inflammation. Um, we've seen that berberine has favorable impact on our gut microbiome, and this is why we use our berberine boost in our Beat the Bloat bundle. We use it as an agent to combat candida or yeast overgrowth in the body, as well as dysbiosis, and even as a tool to combat parasite infections. So berberine has a gamut of defense mechanism to help to kind of plow the gut and regulate that microbiome. And we have seen in some research studies that it can support weight loss. Um, Again, but as you said, Becky, I think that that does have to be paired with a quality caloric restricted and ideal macro distribution diet. So something like our 12-week keto class, this could be something you could layer in to really level up your results. Yes. And I often do have clients who are taking it, you know, two, twice daily with both of their Mm -hmm. meals and they're likely doing some extended fasting too if they're looking for significant weight loss. It's not just a, you know, pill, um, one pill solution kind of thing. The way that Ozempic is marketed that, hey, you can eat whatever you want and still lose weight. You have to do some of the legwork. And I think it's 
better um, that yeah. way, right? Yeah, I mean, that's because you're making, again, a lifestyle right. change and that's where more of the permanent behavior shifts occur, which actually support sustained outcomes. There was a randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial that was carried out in uh, 24 patients uh, that were diagnosed with metabolic syndrome. They took 500 milligrams of berberine three times daily, so 1,500 milligrams for three months, and there was a significant decrease in waist circumference. Uh, There was a reduction in their systolic blood pressure, their triglycerides, and an increase in insulin sensitivity, so better blood sugar response as well. Okay. Um, and then I'll call out, you know, berberine doesn't function the same exact way um, mm-hmm. as is Ozempic. So it's not a GLP-1 agonist, but it does promote GLP-1 secretion, actually. Um, so GLP-1 is this GI incretin hormone. And basically what these group of hormones uh, does um, is they help us to process the foods that we eat and helps with that post-meal metabolic flexibility. So getting our blood glucose kind of regulated back down to baseline after a meal. Um, So berberine actually is going to naturally increase the levels of these hormones while also improving our microbiome. Um, And apparently it's part of the like bitter taste receptor Mm -hmm. function um, that actually stimulates that GLP-1. Yeah. And I, I, you know, we always say like those like bile drivers mm-hmm. or whatnot, if you've ever taken our berberine boost and you let it sit in your mouth for too long, I mean, it has a very, cause there's actually organ grapefruit in it as a whole food component. And that's, we're always looking to synergize our formulas. So there's a little bit of traditional Chinese herb in there as well, which supports mechanism of action. And, um, that bitter taste receptor also supports liver function. So you're getting that satiety in that GLP one secretion so that it's telling your body that you're fed, you won't have chronic hunger or cravings. And then also instead of getting that gallbladder stagnation, you're actually driving more gallbladder and liver function, which would be another favorable counterpart. Yes. I'll never forget when you had me taste like actual organ. Yeah. Group, right. Um, out in the forest behind Bastyr. Um, uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this does taste just like if you accidentally chewed one of our um, berberine boosts. Like your saliva yep. will pool. Yeah. Uh, yes. And we used to use that and harvest it if you were doing like overnight camping trips in case you were exposed to any like foodborne illness or like your meats weren't cooked all the way or whatever. We'd make everyone chew organ grape roots mm. so that no one got an infection. Yeah. <laughs> There's tasty. that. Or you could just, you know, grab you a bottle of berberine boost and swallow it quite quickly and then you don't have to deal with the this is true uh, bitter taste but you still get the impact of that right yes yes and then you know beyond that satiety and the support of liver gallbladder again that emphasis that berberine actually helps our muscle fibers take up glucose independent of the insulin sensitivity response so we get that ampk activation this is going to increase our glycolysis this will actually lead to decreased insulin resistance and decreased oxygen respiration. Uh, And so this mechanism is going to reduce the production of glucose in the liver. Um, So super cool and also way less expensive than Ozempic. And um, I just want to know, I think I was wrong on this single injection. It's more like $1,200 a month total, Um, but still a lot more than a bottle of berberine, right? Which will last you a good month and then some, yes. um, or our three month ketosis program, um, 
you know, still per injection, totally less. Um, yeah, nine hundred to twelve hundred dollars a month, and less than you know they say like ninety five percent of this is not covered by insurance. A lot of that's out of pocket, and again, not for sustainable outcomes, but definitely going to see some imbalanced side effects. Yeah. Um, so berberine with all those mechanisms that we mentioned also has, you know, dynamic impact on our longevity. It's got mm-hmm. impact in terms of actually, you know, creating more mitochondria in the body, those energy yes. factories of the body. So it's going to help you live longer beyond the other impacts of potential weight loss, lowering inflammation in the gut, increasing, you know, insulin sensitivity, lowering cholesterol, and so, so much more. Absolutely. Um, and it's been shown to be just as effective as metformin, as we mentioned. Um, we will link that triple blind clinical trial. It had over 200 participants. And then again, it, it noted that there was more favorable lipid shifts and no digestive side effects with the same blood sugar regulating impact. Okay. So berberine as an added layer, I think is is kind of an easy sell here in my opinion. Um, we've also seen just to kind of round out discussion on the uh, GLP-1 and this uh, GI and cretin response that exercise improves incretin response. Um, and bifidobacteria in particular is going to help with healthier GI incretin mm-hmm. response. So perhaps doing our uh, probiotic challenge or you know, just going straight for the big guns of our targeted strength probiotic, which is going to have, you know, 50% of of those 60 billion cultures as bifidobacteria. Yeah. And and so that's going to help to create that satiety. So you're getting that nature's Prozac to support mood and serotonin and GABA levels, but then also hopefully getting that metabolic influence and that regulation of appetite from harnessing your microbiome. So as always, when we're looking at this functional medicine approach versus this allopathic or mainstream conventional medical approach, we're always looking to address the root cause and look for resolution versus this kind of band-aid on a volcano effect. And just like any new kid on the block or a highly marketed, highly, I would say, um, influenced culturally and also demanded medication, um, we have to always understand what is the mechanism of action, what organs does it work on, and then what are the downstream side effects, and then weigh out cost to benefit. I would say from unpacking once again, just about, you know, half a year later from when we first did the Ozempic episode, (laughs) um, that we are still on team use keto, use food as medicine. And if you need to layer in supplement support, um, this is really where we should dig into supporting our body making ketones. So, you know, you might want to check out our keto essentials bundle. This has Boost and Burn in there, which has that L-carnitine and ribose and pantothenate. Um, This is going to boost that mitochondria and support actual production of ketones. Uh, Carnitine, we talked about a couple weeks back also in that episode when we hit on mitochondrial toxicity. And so if you're getting sluggish results, the Boost and Burn would be a much safer, effective tool for weight loss and also has that muscle sparing effect by feeding and maintaining the muscle mass. Um, We would definitely say within that bundle also we include our Digest Aid, which the digestive enzyme formula would support if you've had your gallbladder removed or have been told that you have gallstones or a sluggish gallbladder. We have the ox bile in that formula, which is going to support the gathering of lipids. 
whether in your body's catabolism, but mostly in the dietary fat consumption. Uh, the digestate also has DPP-4 to protect against exposure and inflammatory response to gluten or casein in dairy. Um, and then there is hydrochloric acid in there to actually support your stomach emptying. Um, and that's going to also activate the enzymes that are necessary to break down proteins. And then there's, there's a full suite of enzyme to break down carb, protein, or fat in our digestate. So that would be taken prior to meals. Um, and I had mentioned earlier in the episode, if on um, Ozempic or semaglutide medication or a loved one is, digestate would be really important to take in addition to that. Um, and I would even say our relax and regulate, yes. which is the third yep. formula in our keto essentials bundle would be appropriate because this is one with that magnesium bisglycinate that's going to support the neurological system and that peristalsis. So that involuntary pumping, which we're seeing interfered with, with this medication driving gastroparesis. Instead, we want to support, um, the gastric pumping or the, or the peristalsis, uh, relax and regulate helps with that. That's part of the word regulate in there. Um, and then also we have myo and in there, which is actually very tonifying for mood. Um, it's an anxiety reducing compound. It also can support hormone regulation, um, can offset androgenic expression of excess in the body. And we've seen in studies, myo-inositol having very favorable effect on insulin sensitivity. So better blood sugar response and control. Um, so the keto essentials bundle would be something to consider to throw into your cart. If you're joining our 12 week food is medicine ketosis class, I think that, um, if you wanted to layer on that berberine boost to really get that next level blood sugar, lowering muscle maintaining and mitochondrial boosting effect, that that would be fantastic as well. And um, then you can support your microbiome with fermented foods, probiotic rich foods, and or doing that probiotic challenge. Yes. So I think those are all great tools. And again, even all of those supplements combined for a month would be less, significantly less um, than a month's worth of Ozempic or one of these other drugs and with, you know, little to no side effects at all. And the lovely thing is instead of side effects, we tend to actually see, uh, improvements or areas that we weren't even focusing sure, on. And exactly. so that's kind of yep. my favorite thing is like, oh, I did this keto program where I started the keto essentials bundle to aid in weight loss. I lost weight on the scale. I lost body fat, but my A1C also dropped from 6.1 to 5.7 yes. or, but I'm also sleeping better at night or, but I'm also having a well-formed bowel movement. And I just didn't even know that that was an issue because I'd gotten so used to having like cow pile malformed stools. Sure. Um, and so I think that's, what's so fun to, that kind of gets Becky and I on this like high of helping to support you guys in this journey of optimal thrive mode and seeing all of the pleasant health outcomes versus side effects that can come in the world of the pharmaceutical industry. All right. So there you have it. Um, go on over to AllieMillerRD.com, grab your spot in our upcoming Food is Medicine Ketosis live program. It starts September 6th. They're just a little over a week away and we can't wait to have you guys there. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.